Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the corner where the treats is is this the the passing of the torch, right? Is this what this signifies? It, it comes down to that that front office and what they feel is most important. The champ is here. We've touched down from a higher plane. Why you made it here? We always look forward to that week because it was always intense. You know that we ain't coming back. We got to the man, the myth, the legend, Dante Hall. My 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 favorite player growing up was Dante Hall. I love you guys, show, but Dante was my guy. Get to dashing because you done on the war feet. This episode of Chief Concerns is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Chief Concerns, our post-game show. Um, Lance, I wish uh, we're meeting under better circumstances. Um, tough one, man. Really tough one. Um, so many things to talk about. Though. I know one thing I always struggle with when we win games, there's always a kind of tough things to, I, I don't really know what to talk about because there's, you know, so much good going on, but a lot of things, uh, after uh, losing to the Bengals the third straight time, um, what were your initial thoughts on, on everything on how this uh, game unfolded? Yeah. Uh, beginning of this week when I heard the way that uh, this was, this was shaping up and the way the chiefs were viewing this game, I was very confident the chiefs are going to go in here on both sides of the football, all three phases. Cause I know that's something we talk about here. And first and foremost, Marcus, good to see you brother. Um, yeah. Thank you for having me on. I'm very much looking forward to hearing what JD has to say as well about this game. But uh, back to my original uh, stance here, I, I heard the, the way the Chiefs were actually talking was very out of character, but I was willing to roll with it because I was confident this Chiefs team was going to come in here and turn the tide, uh, change the the direction and trajectory of what people were considering and shaping into a rivalry between the, the Chiefs and the Bengals. And if there's one thing we've known about the Patrick Mahomes era is there's really been no true rivalry. I know people have tried to create one because it, it builds intrigue, it builds interest for the casual fan, for the viewing audience, for people to, to watch these types of games. But to this point, there hasn't been one. And so I figured the Chiefs were looking at this as that. They, they even put it on their Twitter account. They circled it on their schedule. They literally put that verbatim on their Twitter account. So I thought, you know what, the way they played in this Rams game, we talked about it, it was very ho-hum. Uh, you could tell they were trying to stay healthy and just get through it and just work on some things because they were going to go out there and do all things all fire off on all cylinders, offensively, defensively, and special teams against the Bengals and go out there and make a damn statement. And that is literally the last thing they did tonight. In fact, they didn't do it at all. And um, to say that I'm, I'm frustrated and to say that I'm disappointed is to put it very mildly here because if anybody follows me on Twitter, and I hope that you do, guys, because I can, I can have myself a fun little meltdown here and there. Regardless, you're going to get a lot of honesty from me when it comes to Twitter. But I put it out there, and I stand by it now, Marcus, because of the fact this is now the third time the Bengals have beaten the Chiefs in a year's time. In, in the year of 2022, they have beaten the Chiefs three consecutive times. The Bengals own the Chiefs. They yep. own the Patrick Mahomes-led Chiefs. And I know it's only nine yeah. combined points the Chiefs lost by in all three of these games, but there are moments in time when the Chiefs have to rise up to the occasion and get the job done. And instead of that happening, Patrick Mahomes throws an errant interception or a defensive play third and 27, they can't make the stop. Or Travis Kelsey fumbles it in the middle of the field and gives the Bengals second life. Whatever the case is, 
the Chiefs cannot get out of their own way, and they continue to allow the Bengals to win games against them. And it is unlike anything we have ever seen before in the Patrick Mahomes era because he's never lost three consecutive games to one particular team, and he's done just that tonight. I'm not putting this all on Patrick, but when we give him praise for what the Chiefs do successfully, we have to bring it all to the forefront when the Chiefs lose together. And the defense was soft as hell tonight. They couldn't get any pressure on Joe Burrow tonight. They could not stop any of the pass plays down the middle of the field. It was so soft up the up the gut, man. They couldn't tackle, waving their arms everywhere here and there. Could not stop the run. They didn't have Joe Mixon, and it didn't even matter. And then when, like I said, the Chiefs are out there running the ball all over the damn field. When they get into the red zone, Andy Reid decides to play cute again. You want to do that against the Rams? Fine, I can live with it. I don't like it, but I can live with it. I mean, a game like this that you absolutely need to maintain the one seed against a team that you will more than likely face in the playoffs again, you cannot have Patrick go out there and run X and go out there on the side when they have Jerick McKinney taking a direct snap on a second and goal. you got to get a touchdown there. Luckily, Patrick Mahomes ended up getting it on the next play, but the fact remains, man, you cannot play cute in those types of moments. Andy Reid just refuses to get out of his own way. So this was a loss on the entire team. The defense was horrible. The offense was just, it was so inconsistent throughout the entire night. Patrick made some incredible throws. Jerick McKinnon and Ben Pacheco were incredible on the field. They, they, were, they were running the ball with precision, especially in that first half. I think the Chiefs had over 150 rushing yards in the game. But it did not matter because when you needed your guy like Travis Kelsey to make a big play, he puts the ball on the ground, and it cost the Chiefs seven points. It's a 14-point swing because I really believe the Chiefs would have scored a touchdown on that drive. And now we're looking at the Chiefs now going from the one seed to now I believe it's the three seed, if I'm not mistaken, the two or three seed. Regardless, it makes it even worse is the fact that the Chiefs not only lose to the Bengals for a third consecutive time, but they concede the one seed back to the Buffalo Bills. And here's the thing, real quick, Marcus. I'm confident the Chiefs are going to win their five remaining games. I do. I think the Chiefs are going to run the table. They're going to end up going 14-3, and three, and they'll probably get the one seed back. But the Chiefs better hope they don't see the Bengals again in the postseason. Because I, right now, Marcus, I'm going to tell you the truth. As much as I love to hype my team up and I love to talk and gloat about Patrick Mahomes and gloat about this, this, glori this glorious time that we're living in, I really hope the Chiefs don't have to see the Bengals again, man, because if they do, I think the Chiefs postseason will end early because for some reason this team, this team just has the Chiefs number. Would I love to see them turn to their tide? Yeah, but I would love to see it tonight. But when you have guys like Justin Reed out there talking like they do and he has fewer sacks than your rookie cornerback Joshua, fewer tackles than your rookie quarterback Joshua Williams, I think he's going to have to hold it all tonight. Yeah, you mentioned, I mean, a lot of things it was out of character this week, us talking um, about other teams, other guys on the other team. Andy Reid even talked about how he was pissed off about that, and he said that won't be happening again. So who knows what kind of talks went on behind the scenes there. But, yeah, I mean, they they own us, um, like you said. Uh, and Joe Burrow specifically owns owns uh, owns us. And I know we, we don't do the quarterback versus quarterback thing, but, like, I mean, yeah, head-to-head, Burrow, Burrow has beaten Mahomes. And I can't think of – there's not another quarterback who's beaten Mahomes three times. Is it is it just Brady and uh, Burrow? Yeah, Brady and Burrow, the only quarterbacks that have ever beaten him three three times, but Burrow's the only one that's beaten him three three straight right, times. Yeah, yeah, Mahomes got a losing record three and zero against him or zero three against him. I mean, yeah, like defensively, yeah, I, I know we got we have a, I think a Bengals fan here who's commenting on our show. Twenty four points, yeah, I, I would say red zone woes is the, is the big thing there. You can't put this whole game on Patrick. Um, the defense we couldn't stop. And I, I tweeted about it. We made Samaj P. Ryan look like the 2014 running back at Oklahoma, Samaj P. Ryan, who ran for 430 yards against the Kansas Jayhawks. I mean, that's what we did. Um, and it's one thing, and I, I tweeted this, it's one thing if Joe Mixon's doing this to us, but Samaj P. Ryan, come on. Um, that's that, that, that just shows you. I mean, it, that shows you why we brought in Brandon Williams, and hopefully we, we can uh, see what he can do uh, against the run. And we talked about this on the show, and J.D. and I talked about it on, on our show. We, we, we've let subpar running backs dominate us in games this year. Um, I, I look back to Devin Singletary. I, I mentioned Josh Jacobs at the time. Josh Jacobs, you know, but now he's, he's doing that to everybody now. But Devin Singletary did it to us. Um, yeah, I think, I think Jeff Wilson uh, ate us up a little bit uh, in that San Francisco game. But, like, yeah, I mean, we, we couldn't stop anything um, off uh, defense. And also, on top of that, missed tackles. Um Spags had drawn that play up perfectly. That, that third down play at the end, we make that stop. It was a little quick little bubble screen to chase with three defenders around him. The tackling was awful. It, it looked like the USC tackling during that Pac-12 championship game. I don't know if you got a chance to watch that, but that was pitiful second half uh, tackling, and that's what that looked like tonight. We, we looked like the USC defense tonight. Um, it was just awful, man. I, I really can't think of many silver linings on that defense. Uh, yeah, the Carlos Dunlap stop on that fourth down, I thought that was going to turn, turn the tide around a little bit. 
that was the only one good moment uh, I saw from the game tonight on defense. Um, yeah, are we going to complain about penalties? Yeah, penalties happen. There's going to be missed calls, going to be bad calls. That happens in the game. But when you look at defensively, it was really shitty. Um, uh, offense, yeah, our red zone, Rams second best uh, red zone defense uh, last week. I know we complained about that. And this week again, we, we some hiccups in the red zone. And I don't know. I think I saw a stat online that Ceh and McCall Hardman had accounted for like around like seven or eight, eight, red touchdowns. Red, eight, eight touchdowns. Eight red touchdowns this year. I mean, and I know people want to hate on Ceh and all, but Ceh and McCall Hardman. I mean, those are two losses that we didn't have, and it's pretty much showing the last two weeks and not having those guys their playmaking ability. So that's something that we we might might gotta think about a little bit. Um, but one thing that everyone wants to talk about is uh, the, the main thing is Orlando Brown Jr. Um, and I know we'll talk about it more with JD, but he wants to be top paid uh, left tackle. Um, and it's games like this where when you play against the Bengals, uh, when you got Hendrickson and Hubbard, they're only rushing three dudes on us, and uh, Mahomes can't get any time back there to do anything. Um, pr- pretty pitiful. I know r- r- running the ball, we did great today, but I mean, they're getting back there with three guys, and I thought it was something we were going to. Fix going into uh, this year after what they did to us in the AFC Championship game, but they can do it to us, and I, I don't understand how they can do it to us. Tennessee's also pretty good at getting to us with with, with the three, um, and not having not having to blitz anybody. It's just, it's I don't know. It, it's pretty awful to to to, to watch that and see how they can get to us with with three guys. I mean, what, what was your take from Orlando Brown? I know you posted earlier uh, this week. You're talking about how Orlando Brown's been playing better uh, as of yeah. late. But then we go back to this kind of game, and it's like, yeah, I don't know. This is top paid uh, money uh, left tackle. Thoughts on Orlando Brown Jr.'s play? Yeah, you know, th- this is one of those difficult conversations to have because I think that there's th- this this is this is a, a, a lose lose conversation because I think that it comes down to the fan perspective and like people that like have been in the trenches and like understand these types of situations. And I've heard Mitchell Schwartz, somebody that I very much respect, and 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 take his. Uh, his viewpoint a lot more seriously than just the common person. No offense to anybody else, but this man was in the league for a long time. He knows what he's talking about. He was a, a tackle in this league, and he was in Kansas City, too. So he also protected Patrick Mahomes. So he has exclusive content and exclusive uh, viewpoints on this. And uh, something he said is that it, it, it's it's difficult to block for a guy like Patrick Mahomes sometimes because he's so he moves around the pocket so much that when you want to take a guy in a certain direction or you want to absorb the upfront pressure – Sometimes that isn't going to matter, like how well you play, because sometimes Patrick will run right into the pressure or will try to climb back up and then go right back into where that guy was, and that guy climbs right back to where he was, and it looks like you didn't protect. And I think that happened a couple times for Orlando Brown because what I saw, there was a play where Patrick Patrick Mahomes uh, did a five-step drop back and then ran to the left side, and it made it that much easier for Hendrickson to get to him. Even though it wasn't a sack, he ended up having to throw it away, and it looked like Orlando Brown gave up the pressure. But what happened was the uh, Hendrickson came right at Patrick Mahomes. It was either Hendrickson or Hubbard. I forget which one it was. But they hit Orlando Brown straight into the chest. He, he stopped them. And then Patrick ran to the outside, and you see them shift to the left, and and Orlando's still moving back to the right. So it looks like he gave up a pressure when really he had the inside contained going. So, and I'm not an I'm not an offensive line expert. All I'm saying is I think I see a lot of times where it looks looks worse from the offensive lineman than it really is. And it's and this is the give and take with having again a quarterback as creative and as skilled as Patrick Mahomes because of the fact that when those plays work, it looks magical. It looks like oh my god, like it, it, how did he pull that off? But when it doesn't, and that thing happens, and that looks and that looks that bad or that ugly or that uncre- uh, uncreative, then all of a sudden it makes the offensive lineman look bad. And so, and like I saw a comment that said the twenty-four points, it's it, you have to put it on Patrick in some regard. I agree with that. The problem though is, is that there was also a drop touchdown in this game by MBS. So that's also a score that the Chiefs didn't get in that one in that, in that regard. So, and I know that I think Jared McKinnon ended up scoring a touchdown. The point yeah. though is, is there were so many missed opportunities across the board here. And not to bring the defense back into the equation, when you have Joe Burrow having designed runs and he's getting 10-plus yards, that puts that much more pressure on your offense to have to go out there and try to make big plays because your defense can't stop Joe Burrow, who's a statue in the in the pocket, to go out there and look like pale Michael Vick. So mm. it's just it's it's very it's 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 a difficult it's a difficult game to process because so much was riding on it 
There was so much on the, on this game, and the Chiefs had multiple weeks, really, because last week, if we're being honest, wasn't a game the Chiefs had to really take all that seriously because they had that game wrapped up pretty early. Mm. It's very frustrating to know the Chiefs had this game circled on their calendar. They had veteran players they signed in the offseason talking shit, and they go out there and do what they did on both sides of the ball. It's very, very frustrating to see, man. So, um, yeah, I'm sure we have a lot more to discuss in this one, man, but I... All, any way you look at it, dude, the Chiefs absolutely choked this one, uh, and and they there's you know I saw Nick Wright, a guy I love very much, who's been a big inspiration to me, say that this is now finally a rivalry. Patrick Mahomes finally has a rivalry, and this is not a rivalry. The Chiefs are zero and three, man. That's not a rivalry. I always talk about how you know Herbert being one and four against Mahomes. That's not a rivalry. I know they share a division, but that's not. It's not a rivalry when one team owns the other. And right now, the mm -hmm. Bengals own the Chiefs, man. I know they're close losses. They're still losses. Chiefs can't beat them right now. They got to fix some stuff. Yeah, yeah, def definitely not a rivalry. Uh, I, I would say there's, there's more bad blood in this rivalry in, in this matchup than the Buffalo one. That's just more, you know, the 13 seconds. Chiefs and the Bills will be linked together forever because the, the certain games, the, the kind of the, um, you know, the classics that we, we kind of have with them. Yeah, there's classics with the Bengals and the Chiefs, but it's just obviously, as you can tell, you got new guys coming in and talking shit right away. It's like there's obviously bad blood between the two teams. Not rivalry, but definitely bad blood. Um, and, you know, I, I, you got to say, uh, like we saw here, um, you know, Burrow made it look easy tonight. That last throw, he had to ice the game. I mean, Josh Williams was right there. He played great coverage on that. He was right there. He just made that throw. Um, should we even got to that position? No, because I think we should have stopped him on that third on that on that third down uh, before that uh, when Chase made our DBs look like uh, sophomores in college uh, trying to tackle him. I mean, unreal, man! I that play was. I mean, I, I once that happened, it was like, okay, it's over, it's done. But let's talk about something else that I, I was kind of upset about. Um, third and four, we end up. Mahomes runs around, tries to run up the middle, um, and, I, and I hope he's okay. I, I try to see where he he came up limping on the play. I mean, they, he's t he tipped his foot and he fell. I didn't see any roll of ankle or anything. I, maybe uh, something when he when he when he hit his uh, shoelace tackle. Maybe something happened there. Uh, but um, McKinnon, I haven't seen the replay, but everyone's talking online. And McKinnon was open in the flat there, and Mahomes should have taken it. Um, we don't get it. So first, I'll, we'll talk about that play. And actually, J JD's coming on here right now. Um, Get JD in here. Um, we can talk about this. JD, what's up, man? How y'all doing? We're doing good, man. How are you? Good, good. Can you hear? It? Is it an echo? No, we uh, hear you. You're good. Here, okay, a, a little bit, not as bad. Um, so we were talking about you know just kind of the grievances of this game, um, but we we're getting to something that everyone's talking about online. Um, mm -hmm. The Jarek McKinnon. Uh, so third and four, uh, Mahomes tries to run it. We don't get it. Um, everyone's saying online that Jarek McKinnon was open in the flat. Mahomes choosing to run it up the middle. Poor decision. But forget that aspect of it. Would you have gone for the fourth and four? Or would you have rolled out Butker? Because that, that's the kind of thing everyone's talking about. Why would you kick a 55-yard field goal with Butker? Because if you miss it, Burrow and them have been driving down the field on us all game. You're kind of putting yourself in that predicament. You give themselves a good field position. So what do you think about that, that, that decision? I mean – uh, you know, they, they had to measure it for whatever. I, I would have went for it. Personally, me, I would have went for it. Uh, just for the simple fact who we have on offense, I would have trusted the guys uh, to get it, uh, to make the first down. Um, but, you know, Bucker, he, he's a good he's, he's a good kicker. So I, I don't I don't think anything brings wrong with the decision in itself, uh, you know, because you would have tied it up with some, some time so to force them at least to try to do something on offense to get the ball back, of course, after the kickoff. But uh, personally, I would have went for it, uh, but that's me. But when you have a strong kicker like Buck, uh, like Bucker, you know, why not? So I'm, I'm not, I'm not faulting it, you know, the decision in itself. So, so that's how, I, that's how I look at it. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say this. Uh, they 100 – I know it's revisionist history. I know that it's easy to – oh, they, of course they should have went for it because uh, Butker missed the field goal. But here's the thing. Even if Butker makes the field goal, do we really have confidence with how – I think it was, what, three and a half minutes left in the game? Did we really have confidence that the Chiefs defense was going to make a stop against the Bengals on that next drive? Because I didn't. Because they didn't. 
because he missed the field goal and they didn't just they didn't stop him. They had a third and eleven to stop them, and they didn't they didn't do it. So you need to take the game and control. You need to take it in your hands and control that game because Tony Romo mentioned it. I think there was like five and a half minutes left when he mentioned it. He said the Chiefs have an ability here with the way they've been running the ball. They can run that clock down all the way past the two minute warning, and Joe Burrow never sees the ball again, and they can score a touchdown in the red zone. That was still very much in play. And I know Patrick Holmes was hobbling a little bit. Maybe that was why Andy Reid decided to take the field goal because he didn't know the extents of maybe he was actually injured or not because he was walking towards the sideline. You didn't see Patrick like waving them off and saying, no, we got it, no, we got it. Because I would like to believe if Patrick was waving them off, Andy would have given him a play call. But it, it was a very strange sequence of events because I, yeah, I do naturally believe that when you have the greatest quarterback in the world, an offense that is more capable of converting fourth and down, fourth and shorts, they should have went for that and not given Joe Burrow another opportunity to go out there and win the game, even if they were to seek that 55-yard field goal. So I'm I'm right in line with JD on that one, man. Like I said, that's like one of the 55 different things I'm just absolutely frustrated about how the Chiefs came out and played in this game tonight because the execution could not have been more mediocre and bad in so many different areas given the fact of how big and pivotal this game was for the Chiefs. Well, I'll I tell you what. And this is why I say when when you're making a decision like this, you, you know you're 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 hoping, okay. And this is what you're looking at, honestly, uh, with a defense that was you know so so tonight, uh, you know, and, and I'll kind of talk about that. Um, you're hoping, you know, if you do tie it up, you're, you're hoping your defense like look, okay, they tied it up, they put us in a situation we had to get a stop. You're hoping your defense does that. Uh, and it just made it a little bit more difficult because when you have 315 and then you're down by that that amount of time, it's, it's a different feel than it is if you're tied up and it's, you know, you got three minutes, 15 seconds. That way, because you kick a deep one, you know, you start on the 25 as opposed to, you know, you give the ball to them almost, at, you know, in midfield. Uh, it, it's, it's a different thing. So that's, you know, you, as a coach, you, you always want to believe that your guys are going to step up when they need to. And so. That was the thing. It just it, it they weren't able to do it. They weren't able to do it. But I'm as a, as a coach and as a player, I'm always going to put my you know my guys out there on the field to make plays. Period. So I'm always going to trust my guys. It's just how it works. Uh, and, and 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 the thing is, it's a good place to be because it's just not. This is the long game here, right? We got to think about the long game as as far as like how you deal with things. Uh, you don't you don't want to lose confidence in your guys and say like we don't we don't trust these guys at all right we don't we don't trust them like you have to give the defense at least a chance to to make up for what they wasn't able to do so uh, that, that's just how it is it's it's a mindset it's a mentality and so sometimes it is like I got to give confidence you know and and some some belief that these guys are going to go out there and and and, and make the make the plays. What did you think about? Um, we talked about the the, the trenches because I, I think the game was, and like most games in the NFL, the won and lost in the trenches. And I think tonight we talked about the AC Championship game. Those three guys were getting back to us relentlessly, Hubbard and Hendrickson. We, we talked about it how you know we wanted we needed a guy like a Hendrickson or a Hubbard in the draft. That's when we we won in the offseason. We we never got Carl Loftus, who's got a high motor, high energy guy. Um, but tonight, again, it was a, it was a kind of a, a repeat of the AFC Championship game. They were getting back there; they were causing havoc all game long with that with that three man rush. Um, many people online are criticizing Orlando Brown's play. Um, what did you see from our O line and what their pastors was able to do to kind of you know screw up things for us? Well, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, at the end, it's the same thing. You got to trust guys to step up, and they was able to get in. You know, they, they the inside moved on Orlando Brown, able to flush Patrick out the pocket. You know, and that's the thing about it. If you're able to disrupt the timing of a, of, of a quarterback where he's able to move, he has to move to throw the football. That's that's what you that's what you want to be able to do on defense. Right. You want him to make an errant throw. You want to make something that he's not comfortable doing. And so not just on the offensive line, but defensive line. We weren't able to get back to Joe Burrow either. Joe Burrow was sent back and he was able to pick us apart. So yeah. it was just it, it's one the games are one in the trenches, so uh, and I'm just I was just looking at the how they was running the ball effectively, and we just weren't getting any type of penetration. We weren't stopping the guys, man, up front. The you know not Chris Jones, but the other defenses. There's got to be more. There has to be more. You have there has to be something. But you're sitting there saying we got to be able to get out there, get up some penetration. You know, 
stop the double team in the in the the O line getting that to the to the the second level. And he was doing that all night. Same thing like going on offense. It's the same thing. We got to be able to make sure that we stay in stout on the inside to make sure they keep everything filtered out. We want Patrick to have a clean pocket so he can throw the football. I don't look if you have quarterback, and I'm talking about a Patrick Mahomes who could make every throw possible, but you want him to be at his best. You want him to be as comfortable as possible. You don't want him running around. Yeah, he does a great job running with his legs, but at the end of the game, you want him to be, you don't want him touched. You want him to see pristine lanes. You want to see all those different things from him, you know, and she'll, he shouldn't have to be running around at, uh, toward the end. So, yeah, he's running around. I know they say McKinnon was open over in, in, in to the side, but when Patrick was moving up, he actually had somebody was coming open. I think he was going to try to throw to him, and he just he, – they clipped him at the end. So, I, I just – for the life of me, I just don't understand uh, – if, if you're going to get beat, man, hold a guy, something like that. I just, it, to me, it just doesn't make any sense, man. It, it, it was kind of a bad play, I guess, on OBJ toward the end. And I think he knows it. Uh, Could have much, did a lot better. No doubt about it, man. But that the, uh, the line in, in itself at the end, I think the defensive line at the beginning uh, just didn't play steadily football. They just didn't. They just did not. That's what I seen. Glaringly, that's what I saw. Lance, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, uh, I mean, JD, like I said, I, I I know before JD came on, I I almost made it a, somewhat of a defense for OBJ just because of the fact that um, hearing hearing previous guys that have protected in this league at the tackle position in particular, and in particular here in Kansas City for Patrick Mahomes, they talk about how it is it is difficult to to defend for or for to block for a guy that is that creative with his feet that will run around the pocket and off schedule throws things of that nature that sometimes when you have upfront pressure and you contain your guy sometimes it doesn't matter because Patrick will go out to the outside run around try to create and it looks like you gave up a pressure though and sometimes it actually isn't you that's doing it i agree that it's it's so it's so confusing how the chiefs struggle with something that seems to be a lot more simple than facing guys that are eight you know stacked eight in the box you know, when you have guys that are coming at you, you know, five, six, seven deep, I can understand why giving up pressures is a reality in that scenario. But when you're facing three guys and none of them are Reggie White, none of them are Vaughn Miller, none of them are Nick Boza, it's very confusing that the Chiefs continue to struggle with that, both from Patrick Mahomes' standpoint and from the offensive line standpoint. It just, it's so frustrating to see that. And I think that that is the biggest reason why I have the concerns I have when it comes to facing the Bengals, because now we have three games of of an actual sample size to look at and say the Chiefs continue to find ways to lose these close games to the Bengals. Because as much as we talk about it, when we talk about the Chargers in particular, you know, these close, hard-fought games, the Chiefs continue to find ways to beat them down the, down the stretch in the fourth quarter. We talk about that is the Chiefs owning the Chargers. They just have them beat mentally. They make more plays than they do at the end of the game. It might look close, but the Chiefs always find that edge. That's exactly what the Bengals have on the Chiefs. They have this recipe. They have a quarterback that is so calm, cool, and collected and talented at an elite level with all these weapons around him with a defense that has really no names across the board that just know how to play against a team like the Chiefs. And it's very frustrating for, it's, for us here in Kansas City that are spoiled with these riches of a team that looks like they're going to win the Super Bowl every year but yet can't seem to beat this one team, man. That's why I said – on Twitter, and I said on this show, and I'll say it again, the Chiefs are going to run the table. They're not going to lose another game for the rest of the season, and they're probably going to get the one seed back because I do believe the Bills are going to lose at least one more game. But the Chiefs better hope they don't see the Bengals because for whatever reason, that is a team that can send the Chiefs home early, and it's just it's a scary thing to see right now. Well, I, I, I say this. Uh, Scheme-wise... I, I just I think if you know that they're rushing three, then you're looking at the help. The help has to be toward the outside a little bit more, right? I mean, it's, it needs to be solidified. And I'm sitting here, I'm looking at this. McKinnon was sitting, he's he's setting to help Orlando on the outside. The guy comes inside, but Thune is helping Creed on the inside, and he actually doesn't have anybody there. So we, when you're kind of looking at this, the type of guys they have on defense. Is the guys that that absolutely plague 
what Patrick Mahomes does. Let me put it that way, right? So they don't have to be no, no name guys. These guys are just hustling guys. When we see it, that that's what the defense gives you. Hendricks and all those guys, they are hustling guys. I was looking at him when he ran uh, Patrick out of out of bounds at the end of the game. I'm like, Dad, God, there he is, Hendricks again. Mm-hmm. He's just yeah. he, he's a high motor. Non-stop guy. He's just going to be a gnat that's always on you all the time. That's what it is. And so the, the what makes it difficult with that, and, and, and look, we got to just talk scheme-wise, okay, because I, I just – we got to realize is they're, they're dropping eight, okay? If you got three rushing, that means eight are, are out in pass protection. So they're sitting up in lanes, okay? They understand what they do. But the thing is, defensively, they just want to get him off his grass running. That's what they want to be able to do. That's it. That's all that matters because you got eight sitting back, you know, saying, look, you only got four guys out here uh, in, in in pass uh, to catch a pass. So we just sit over in the lanes. We're going to just marry them guys, put our hands on him, disrupt them as much as possible. We get them, uh, you know, moving, Patrick moving out. That's what it is. So it's a defensive scheme-wise, just how you try to you try to attack it. So, like you said, hustle and contain, that's, that's it. So the thing is, it's, it's purposeful, the things that they're doing. All right, yeah. it's, it's not like they just okay, we're just gonna rush this way. No, mm-hmm. let's flush him out this time because we want him either running over to his left or running to his right. Because how we putting the defense out, that's what it is, and so it is. Yeah, where's the pass rush? No pass, and you know, we weren't getting pass rush back there on on uh and, and Joe Burrow. So I, I look at a lot of the gameplay, that's what I'm looking at, and so yeah, the Bengals look, we lost them three times in a row, okay, all about three points or less. I, I to me, I, the game can go either way. It really can. I, I just, you know, the, sometimes these things just happen this way. Uh, I'm not about, you know, well, I hope we play them again. Let me put it that way. I hope we play them again. We, but we need that inside, somebody inside-wise, to get that pass rush down to disrupt Joe Burrow from sitting over there. He's running up and down the field. I'm like, Joe Burrow, look, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, just running. Like, it's just too much of that. Just way too much of that. Uh I told somebody this earlier. Sam JP Ryan has looked phenomenal for them. Okay. I think everybody doesn't really you know talk about how good of a back he is, but he's he's a great receiving back out the backfield. He did a tremendous job with Joe Mixon today. So I just think, man, you know, there's gotta be a more sense of urgency and purpose on that line. It just seemed like guys would just stop it. And you just can't have that. It's just gotta be a little bit more grit, more crawling to go get these guys. It just has to be that way against uh, Joe Burrow. And if you don't do that, he's going to pick you apart, right? Same thing with Patrick Mahomes. Any quarterback that you give him time is going to pick you apart. Any quarterback that you disrupt against, you're going to make it difficult for him. Same with Tom Brady. You disrupt Tom Brady into the timing, you got a better chance, right, to beat him. So it's no different. I don't care what quarterback is. It's just always going to be a hard time when you get him off his grass. So I'm not going to go ahead and say, the, you know, the defense the defense does a good job, again, with the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, as far as game planning with the Chiefs. Uh, but there are some things that the guys have to do within themselves and say, look, we got to do a much better job not to lose this game. And that's what I said this past week is it's all about finishing the game. You got to finish the game. Finish it up top. Man, we win and finish the game. Just finish it. So that's the frustration part of it. But I'm not going to sit there and act like, uh, you know, these guys, man, they, they seven to four for a reason. We nine and two, nine and three now. But – Hey man, you learn from it. You know, real quick, I'll say this, Marcus. What, what's I think what's frustrating about these losses more than anything, JD, is that yeah, you're right. It's it, they've been so close, but now it's they've they've found a way to beat the Chiefs in different ways. Because the first two losses, the Chiefs had 18 point leads in the first half and still found a way to lose those games. And this time around, the Chiefs are trailing in the first half to go into the second half, and it just it it, it feels like the Bengals never. They never, you know how some teams you you start to see them press or start to overthink, like oh god, this is the Chiefs, and you start to see them make those critical mistakes, and they give the the Chiefs that advantage. The the Bengals aren't that team for some weird reason. It doesn't work on them. You know what I mean? Like there isn't that hypnosis vibe, you know, where the Chiefs find a way to kind of get you to believe that hey, look, you're you're just not going to beat us. We're just going to find a way. When it comes to the Bengals, they just like you talked about when it comes to Hendrickson and these guys just constantly just motoring, motoring, motoring. That's this entire team. That's what they do when they when they play the Chiefs. It's different because look at it. Until with a minute left in the game, the Chiefs didn't have a single sack on Joe Burrow, who is the third most sack quarterback in the league. I guarantee you, next week the the, the Bengals are going to give up seven eight sacks. 
Because when they play the Chiefs, they rise to the occasion and are not afraid of the moment. And that is the difference between them and the Bills and these other AFC opponents is because eventually the Bills and the Ravens and these other teams start to get a little antsy and they start to press and they start to do these things and overthink and you know do things critically, you know, make critical errors. The Bengals just don't do that. And that's the frustrating part about this matchup is to this point, when these games are so close, I think that's a testament to them, a credit to what the Bengals do against the Chiefs, is that the games are so tight and they still find a way to prevail each and every time, despite the context of how the scores got to where they were. Yeah, uh, so I, I, I kind of agree with you a little bit, but I think it is about what we didn't do as opposed to what they did. Seriously, sure. I, I, sure. I think it's, what, it's, it's our failure to actually come at the end and make plays as opposed to actually what the Bengals will give. Look, trust me, I, I'm I'm watching these guys on the sideline. I'm watching what they're doing. Their butt hose was tight. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm, I'm just letting you know. Seriously, they might look, you know, kind of under pressure. Heck, half the time Henders is running around because he's just like, we cannot let these guys beat us, right? I mean, he's just a, a wild dog turned loose. And so sometimes you need a guy like that, but he's just focused to do one thing: just go get the football as fast as possible. And so. That's what I'm talking about, like a sense of urgency. And, yeah, maybe a little bit of luster's loss on the Bengals. But uh, to be honest with you, man, these guys lucked out the last three times. You know, part of it is because we allowed them to hang around. I think the first game we had them, we let them hang around, okay, second half. Second game out in Kansas City, we let them hang around, and then all of a sudden here they are, right? And so it's, it's always a failure of the things we don't do or why we, we, we lose to the Bengals. I don't think it's necessarily all the things about what they do. I think it's a lot of failure of things we don't do on our side either offense or defense or while we lose it. Sure, truly, you know, so like, come on, Travis Kelsey finally, you know, that, don't, that never happens. It was just a failure that. Then also when we get the ball to Kelsey, then we come from him. And I look at the first time we go down there to, to try to go score. Second and three, we go do a, boot, a bootleg. Second and three, run the football. <laughs> get it like six, seven yards. Like practicality. Just Hey, sometimes you just got to go and hit these dudes in the mouth. And so we were running the ball effectively against this team. And I think sometimes we just got to stick with it and understand, you know, it's all chess. It's just strategy and tactics and what you're trying to do, especially against a team like this. But now, since they've been there three times in a row, now that's what's going to be, oh, well, the, the Bengals got your number. The Bengals, okay. Well, you know what? Hey, okay, Pete, come on, Mr. Dunn. We were up 14-3. to three. Yeah, it was a 14-3. You had the ball twice at the very beginning. You know, that's how it happens. Defense didn't do well. We didn't stop the run. We didn't. We didn't stop the run like we should have. We should have scored. Should have been seven to seven at the very beginning of the first two possessions, and it wasn't. So it's the same thing. Things we didn't do. We should have just been more practical in our approach, getting into touchdown. It'd been seven to seven, and all those different things. Believe me, everybody at Pat Core Stadiums like yeah, was that tight. You could, man, I'm telling you. So, <laughs> hey man, this is football. That's how it works in the NFL, man. So I'm, I'm not going to take anything away from the Bengals. They're great. Hey, they're, hey they're JD, great JD, can you do that again? Just <laughs> well, so you couldn't even sneak a fart out if you needed to. So I needed the laugh, bro. Trust me, I needed it bad, man. <laughs> I'm I'm hurting over here, bro. <laughs> Yeah, I just look, man. We just you know put it all in perspective, man. Look, the, the Bengals is a good football team, right? Sure, they went to the Super Bowl last year, so not taking anything away from the guys, man. But we we just we got to get over that thing with them, allowing them to stay in the game with us, and then of course you know up here at Packers State, it's a tough environment. It's the jungle, right? Shoot, it's a hostile environment. But you know, like I said, I hope we play them another another time. I do, should. Yeah. Um, so we talked about uh, you know the game being won in the trenches, and we kind of mentioned the pass rush. Um, and you mentioned Samaj P. Ryan. Um, I think this is his third career 100 yard uh, game uh, in the NFL. Um, he looked he looked like the same running back from uh, the 2014 Oklahoma Sooners who had 430 yards with the Kansas Jayhawks. Um, oh, he brought that vintage uh, back um, out tonight. But I think this kind of highlights what we've been talking about this whole year that we need a big body up front and yes. show. Yes, finding at Brandon Williams. How how urgent is that? Is that kind of guy to get Brandon Williams up to speed to get him active active uh, for the next the next few games that we have uh, to get him ready for the playoffs so this doesn't happen immediately as immediately as possible to get a guy like that here. And when, when I'm telling you, when when I'm watching double teams kicking our guys down the field 
you know, I ain't gonna say no names. I'm not gonna say who it was, but that just five or six yards down the field driving it. That's what I'm talking about. That just cannot happen. It just can't. So if you're gonna get just hunker down, create a pal if that's what's gonna happen. If you're gonna get on skates, just create a pal. That's that's the way it works. And then let the linebackers and you know, secondary come up and tackle. Bad tackling. We didn't we didn't tackle well. We didn't tackle well. So there's a lot of things that sit there. We didn't they know they didn't do well. We know we didn't do things well. So tackling, driving off the football, not getting pressure on Joe Burrow like we should have defensively. We failed at those things, you know, to win the game, especially a good good football team like the Bengals. Period. That's that's what it was, bottom line. So yeah, I mean, I think that it's it's been a need all year. Uh, the Chiefs definitely need to have a a physical presence up front outside of because you can't you can't expect Chris Jones, who lines up on defensive end more times than not, to do everything in the middle. Because you see the way these offensive lines are now playing him every single week. They're just double teaming him and saying, "All right, Mike Dana, all right, Colin Saunders, okay, George Koloftis, who's a rookie, you guys beat us, you know, forty times this game. Like you guys do it. You know, they're, they're not going to let Chris Jones just do it. I, I would like to see a little bit more out of Chris Jones in this game, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a pass when the dude's played like an absolute All Pro madman all season long. They have got that. There's a reason why the Chiefs went and got Brandon Williams, and for the fact, you know, that everybody was asking me this week, well, why was Brandon Williams still available? Brandon Williams said it himself. He's been waiting to see if he can go to a contender, and it, it, the stars aligned for him. This is yeah. still a very physical, physically gifted guy. He's in his 30s now, so he's obviously not at his peak anymore. But he's a guy that can make a difference. I think the Chiefs have guys out there. But here's the thing, JD, and I don't want to, I don't want to throw a wrench into the question, Marcus, because I promise you, I'm not deflecting because I want to answer it directly. Yes, it is an immediate need, and JD's 100% correct. But I, I, I do wonder how much of this, JD, and you would know better than I. How much of this is, is a coaching issue? Because I think that a lot of times we see some questionable decision-making from Steve Spagnuolo in some of these situations because the fact that we know he's a blitz-heavy schemer, we know he yeah. loves to run the blitz. In tonight's game, you saw a lot of soft co uh, coverages, a lot of things where he was almost daring them to run, but when they were running with succession, I didn't see a lot of adjustments that looked like they were actually putting it out there. And the effort, the effort is something I was worried about as well because I saw Darius Harris – a fringe player on this defense just doing olays, not not running guys down, not showing that same motor the Bengals were trying to match them with on the other side of the ball. So I, I I wonder sometimes like how much of this also falls on coaching. JD, I think you're the one that would know better than me, man. Mm -hmm. Look, the coaches, what you do is you prepare guys, get them ready, and put them in positions to make plays. That's yeah. what you do as a coach. You can't play for guys. I don't care. You just can't. And so – that's what the guy has to come within himself out of the emotion, out of, you know, all the heart, what he's doing to go out there and try to dominate as much as possible. That's what you have to do. And so it's one thing that, you know, we talk about like, right, Spags, you know, not putting Joshua Williams in the, in the great position as far as, you know, not getting somebody over the top. Well, then we, we should always saying this third and two, third and three, somebody's got to drop their cojones and, and come off the football. Somebody has to stop somebody, yeah. right? And, and yeah. somebody's got to push somebody in the backfield. That's what it's all about. Like a mano a mano, you have to win your battle. That's what it boils down to. Yeah. And so we can say coaching is one thing, but hey, coach is like, look, hey, once I call the plays, y'all got to play it. Shoot, if a guy's kicking your, your tail on the line of scrimmage, that ain't got nothing to do with me. That's, it has to do with you. And so if we're sitting there seeing this failure time in and time again, okay, and Sam J. Pirine is getting over 100 yards and he's running up the gut and you know, somebody's like, Bowen's too small. I don't care what linebacker. You get to the second level and put your hands on somebody, it's going to be difficult for a guy to come off. That's the, that, that's the bottom line. So it, it's it's hard when we're sitting over here and we say, well, it could be the coachings and stuff like that. Hey, I could call the right play. I could call the greatest blitz or whatever. If you're not getting home, you're not getting home. Like I, I looked at one that we actually called pressure. We had six on five. And we bottle up. It's like a bottleneck. I'm like, what are we doing? Like, get through the lane. Like, get through the lane. Right. Against a team that's been giving up sacks, here we come in like that. Like, well, how does that how is that possible? Right? That's what you start wondering. How is it if we don't get back or get any sacks like that during the game? We're not getting the pressures of hitting Joe Burrow the way that we should. Heck, the one that Star Wars get got back on it and knocked him down. It's you know, roughing the passer. Mm -hmm. So, come on, man. It's just 
terrible. Yeah, dude, where is Derek Nomdi? Good question. <laughs> now, well, seriously, root- I'm not, look, and, and I'm not, look, I'm, and one, I'm, look, man, I'm always trying to be fair to guys, but dad, gotta, I got to see more out of certain guys. I got to see more out of them, period. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you saw an intimidation almost uh, from Mike Dana in that last play, that last pivotal play, the third and 11. He was in the backfield, and he, like, slowed up. It was almost like he was afraid to hit Burrow because of what happened with Stallworth early in the game because now what it's come to, not to dive off too far into the, the, the officiating aspect, but it did play a factor earlier in the game because it gave the Bengals 25 additional yards on that first drive where – Stallworth makes a fundamental tackle on Joe Burrow, yes. a 325-pound man. Right. Can't just stop his body from falling forward when he's already tackling somebody. Made a fundamentally – the ball wasn't even out of Joe Burrow's hands yet. He's already making contact with his body. So it wasn't a timing issue. They're saying you can't land on him. It is, that is impossible. It is impossible to do that. That added 15 yards. The soft-ass DPI they put on, uh, I think it was McDuffie uh, as well. Yeah. These are the kinds of things. And it, that was an interception, by the way. Like, those yeah. those, those are the kinds of things that can cost team, teams games. It was early game, so the Chiefs had an opportunity to adjust to those horrific decisions. But, yes, I think at the end of the game, you saw almost like a, a timid way about some of the guys on the Chiefs' side. Like, man, we can't afford to get a penalty here. You know, we, let's just hope that the, the secondary makes a big play on this one. I got I to gotta pressure. I got to hurry. I can't make the big contact because I'll throw this flag. And that's a real problem the NFL now has, man, because these guys aren't going to be able to make big plays and get the and get their team a victory because of the, the timidness that they have to carry around late in games like that because of bad penalties. Yeah. Oh, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. I, I, I think that was a bad call on Stallworth. I, I do. I think it was a terrible call. Uh, you know, they can say whatever they want to on McDuffie. I don't know if you call that one, to be honest with you. Uh, but, you know, when when you're sitting over and, you, and you're just looking at it, I, I don't know if guys pulled up. It, it, it maybe looked like that. It may, may, I don't know. Could be something to it, Lance. I, I'm not sure. But I, I, do, I don't really know guys saying that or the heart of these guys like that to say this guy pulled up like, you know, you know what I mean? Uh, but I just think there's just got to be more there. It has to be absolutely more there, especially when you're playing up in a hostile environment. Mm-hmm. You know you got to go all the way out. Uh, no host bar. You don't worry about none of it. You got to go ahead and just come after him, him, him jokers. You know what I'm saying? The Hefe say, yeah, kick, field goal, unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, you know, Buckner missing the field goal. Tough. Hey, man. He's, he's, you know, he's been kicking him. He had a little – Snap fool for a couple of weeks and he came back, looked like he was he was he was money. I thought there was gonna be money, to be honest with you. Uh, but hey man, you know what? Here we are. Here we are. I, I know it's easy, and we kind of talked about you know, it's so easy for people just to blame spags, just to you know, it's easy to blame the DC or the offensive coordinator, or you know, um, yeah. but we talk about missed tackles, that was a big thing in this game. Um, it looked like I was playing Lance earlier. I don't know if you got a chance to watch the USC um, Utah game on Friday, but our tackling tonight looked exactly like USC second half tackling, and it was just it was awful. I mean, they, they, it was it was really pitiful. But the thing that stands out, you got third and five or third and six on that last that their second to last series. They get that first down pretty much. That's game, and then they end up getting that other first down to T Higgins, and that was that was game. But look at that play. Um, Chase is there. I mean, Spags called that perfectly. The bu- bubble, bubble to uh, to oh, yeah. and we have three oh. guys surrounding him, and Chase doesn't think it's the first down. I mean, dude, I, I thought like literally, this guy was in the backfield. I'm like, oh, this is perfect. They got him right here, and he squirts out for two or three. And not, not to mention <laughs> allowing the wide receivers to block our corners like that. Yeah, I mean, man, you got to hit a dude in the throat. I mean, it, like, this is what I'm talking about at the end. You have to make that play. You have got to want to make that play uh, more than the other guy right there doesn't want to, you know, he's trying to make his, trying to stop you. Like a wide receiver blocking man, get off that guy. I can see if it's a, a, a linebacker, or, or I'm sorry, like a, a, a offensive tackle or a tight end, a little bit stronger guy than you. Yeah, but corner, you folks come up, make that, man. You got to make that play. So it was a lot of bad tackling going on tonight, man. And, and and I think all the guys would agree with it. They will. They agree with it. They didn't tackle us as, as, as good as they should have, you know, do you, do you, do you think that a lot of um, the kind of the, you know, the kind of spirit of play with the, with the Bengals, the skilled players, 
You think that has anything? Because a lot of people are blaming this on Justin Reed's mouth this week, giving this extra motivation to the Bengals guys. Man, forget no. that. That's silly. Uh, you know what? <laughs> hey, man, you don't need look. You don't need extra motivation. Guys, come out to come play. You know you're playing against a premier offense. The, the premier wide receivers got a good defense. It's all about going at these guys. That's what it's supposed to be. It's all about competition. It don't matter who said what, right? Just go out there and just go play. That's what it. Bottom line. That's it. And so, yeah, Chase went in and all the money signed and stuff like that. Hey, man, forget all that. Just go out here and just go play. So this this game mattered so much to both these teams, whether Justin Reed talked or not. Uh, what I what I what I said on eight ten Sports Radio this week, though, this last Wednesday, is I said that. I do believe that because I, I again I, I listen. I've heard JD say it, that he doesn't need extra motivation. I've heard Mitchell Schwartz, former right tackle, say that he doesn't need extra motivation. But I have also heard guys say that you know what I like listening. To, I like hearing press clippings and I like hearing that stuff because it does give me a little bit of fire and a little bit of you know excitement for that game even more so. And I think Andy Reid talked about it in the press conference about how. He didn't like that from Justin Reed. He said, he's new here, but he now knows that I don't do that stuff. Because one thing Andy always loves to do is he loves to lull his opponents to sleep. You know, he gets up there, he's like, yeah, so we're looking forward to the opportunity to play it against the Bengals. You know, like, he loves to, like, make it sound like it's a very respectful, shaking hands kind of, you know, gentleman's game type of thing. He doesn't like to have his team talk. But from what I've heard from inside the locker room is that Andy loves when the other team talks because his team is kind of a – they like to have that pettiness about it. They like to go, okay, you want to talk? Okay, we're going to go out there and bum rush you. Like we heard, uh, I think it was uh, Shaq Barrett early in the season, the Buccaneers talking about we're going to have a coming out party against the Chiefs. And the Chiefs offensive line just obliterated him in that front seven. That may have happened anyway, but I like to believe that, that the, the Chiefs offensive line took note of that and said, we're going to make sure that Shaq Bear doesn't have himself a coming out party. And that's exactly what they did. And, you know, something I wanted to bring to the table again here, Matt Marcus, because I know you're the one that asked the questions, but, you know, looking at the, the remaining of this schedule for the Chiefs, you know, they have five games left, um, one, only one NFC team left. All three of the Chiefs' losses this season have come against AFC opponents, and two of those three losses have come against the two best teams the Chiefs will face all year in the AFC and the Bengals and Bills, and the offense for the Chiefs in those two games only averaged 22 points a game, and we saw them have late-game blunders, late-game turnovers. I mean, it's something that is starting to concern me, and knowing that this show is called the Chief Concerns Podcast, I, I think this is the perfect time for us to talk about something that of a potential concern of the Chiefs being 0-2 against the Bills and Bengals. I know it's the regular season. The Chiefs can go in there in the, in the postseason and answer all the questions and make do and get justice. But I mean, are you, do you guys feel the same way as I do right now? Because in this in this moment, I am a little concerned that these are games that the Chiefs are losing in the in the in the same regular season. No, not not to me. You, look, we're we're everybody's Super Bowl, okay? Period. We're 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 the pinnacle in the NFL. Bottom line, we're the best team in the business. Everybody knows it. You know, we have the best quarterback in the business, best coaches in the business. Everybody knows it. So everybody's shooting for us. We have a target on our back more than anybody else. We we have arrived, okay? Chief Kingdom, we have arrived. We are the most hated team in the NFL, and the most, probably the most revered and loved team in the NFL. That's where we are. We don't move into where, you, you know, uh, where New England used to be. Everybody used to hate New England. I don't care what it was. Guess what? That's where the Chiefs are. We This is who we are right now. We're the most hated team in the business. Everybody's tired of us talking about it. They're tired of seeing Pat Mahomes doing commercials for State Farm. They're tired of seeing anybody else on the field. Now they got Andy Reid on the, on the, doing a, a commercial. They're tired of seeing the Chiefs. <laughs> I don't care where you at. They are tired of it. And so if you can come out here and you can beat the Chiefs, that's what it's going to be because everybody wants to crown Joe Burrow. Everybody wants to crown Josh Allen, right? Everybody's they're tired of the Chiefs winning. They want a new winner. That's what they want. They want their guy. So until the Chiefs stop winning and doesn't get to the Super Bowl and stuff like that, then we're not going to be everybody else's, you know, uh, uh, problem. But right now, everybody is firing for us, and they they just trying to take shots. The Bills, great defense. We went all ways together. We going a little bit better than we team that we when we played the Bills, right? Yeah, we only lost against about three points against these guys. Same thing with Cincinnati. Cincinnati, hey, that was about three points. They're a great team. We understand that. There's things we're going to do to make these, these changes to get better. Like I said, in interior, we got somebody different in there. We're going to get guys back. 
right, toward the end of the season. So we're going to be a much more complete team. I'm not worried at all, okay? I'm not. So we can sit there and be concerned about it, but this is football, baby. Look, and I played this thing for a long time. If it's all about going out there and hitting guys in the mouth, and I'm looking guys in the huddle, if I'm looking at a team in the in the league, in the NFL, about making it to the, to the Super Bowl, Chiefs is always going to be my it's going to be my pick, period, because of the guys that I'm looking at on the line. The guys I'm looking at the offense and defense and all the sidelines, those guys I believe in. I really do. So I'm not worried about that at all. Chiefs concerns, we talk about the things that, yeah, we should be concerned about and getting better. That's what it is. But as far as like having a complete team and worried about bills and stuff like that, I ain't worried about these jokers, not at all. Yeah, and I, I agree with everything JD just said. I'm, not, I'm you know, I'm gonna double down on what you just said, JD. I'm over, I'm a little hot right now, so yeah, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm right just, alongside you, bro. I'm right yeah. alongside you. Yeah, because you know the thing, you shake your head, man. I, hey, look, here's the thing, man. I'm, I'm riding with PM15 and all those cats in there. Bottom line, period. You know, and I, I know we were saying on Twitter, like, oh, they would have taken Joe Burrow over Patch Mom. Like, you better take Patch Mahomes. You, you start with anybody. Okay? And, and it's and something that uh, Marcus said earlier in the show that I think is 100% accurate, J.D., you may not have heard it. It's it's funny how the Chiefs, you know, a lot of fans want to downplay the significance of having some of these others, you know, like a McCole Hardman, a Kadarius Tony, yeah. a Clyde edwards Hilaire. Yet those guys were so productive, especially when it came to scoring touchdowns. Clyde and, and McColl had eight combined touchdowns, I think, in the, fir- the final like four or five games they had played. Those guys, they may not be uh, uh, guys that you build the team around because obviously, like you said, we ride with PM15. I'm 100% on board with that. But those guys have been so effective this season in the red zone. That is why the Chiefs were so great in the red zone for the first eight, nine games of the season. And then you lose these guys to injuries, and you see – those deficiencies. You see how much more is now being put on Travis Kelsey to the point where Travis didn't look like himself tonight. I mean, I'm not even talking about the fumble. He looked like he was a little bit tired. He looked a little slow, a little slug. He just didn't look like the the the, the fired up Travis Kelsey. I didn't see that guy tonight. I don't know if he was dealing with something. I know there was rumors about him having the flu. I didn't hear any validity to that, but it looked like something was wrong. And so I think there's just a lot weighing on some of these individual players because before then before McColl went down before Clyde went down there was just this plethora of weapons that that, that Patrick Mahomes can just choose from and they're still there for the most part I think Sky Moore's yeah. got the abilities obviously yeah. Juju's got those abilities MVS can make the deep those deep catches there are guys out there that can make big plays that we all know the the tight ends you know we the skyscrapers with cleats but having those those that that game breaking speed from McCole Hardman and having that nimble ability that Clyde that Clyde has within the ten to fifteen yard range, those are being missed, and that was missed tonight. And my producer Clay Winder brought that up to me tonight. He's like, "Look, man, if we had Kadarius Tony McCole tonight, and I know we don't like to play the if game, but those guys are there tonight. I think the Chiefs put up thirty five points tonight, and I know that's what JD was expecting tonight. That's what I was expecting too. Those opportunities were just missed, and those players, whether people want to admit it or not." Those guys are missed, man, and they were Absolutely. missed in tonight's game for sure. Absolutely, one hundred percent, no doubt about it. Because you got two speedsters out there, man, who stretch the defense, do everything, catch football. We know they're dynamic. You know that speed in itself, man. You, you can't coach speed; you just can't. And so, McCole Harmon, Kadarius Tony, they got that. Okay, not to mention, shoot, if you if you're talking about on returns, also too, that's another element to it. That you have on return ball, so. You know, it's all three phases. We have a guy back there who, who can break, you know, break the ball and go hit the head on the goalpost. We have those two, two guys in that out Raiders with us right now. So I, I just, the, the way I look at it, you know, look, the Bengals is a good team. We knew it was going to be a good game. It's not, it's, nothing's just given, especially with high caliber, you know, type of guys in the AFC. You know, with these are the two losses. Yeah. Bills, Bengals, you know, Indianapolis is the one with no focus whatsoever. But as far as like, you know, just dealing with this, these guys that we have, I think you just you look over the film, you say what you didn't do right, and you say the very next time we play them, this is what we're going to do, period. And I think, to be honest, the very first game that we played the Bengals, and then when it came to the to playoff game, we was torching the first half. We torched them. It was like, it was like you know, all that that happened up there was a fluke, right? And then all of a sudden we got back into that same thing, not getting out of not running the football effectively, start getting out of the other stuff. Now we just we just got to have a more complete game. Saying, "Look, this is how we have to do it from here on out when we play on this team. These guys, we can't give nothing." And to the point of what you're saying with Travis Kelsey, 
I think I, I don't know as far as the first time I heard him having flu or whatever, but I think he needed that motivation when he made that, that fumble. You see, all of a sudden he started eating. You started yeah. eating like, yeah, okay, I need this. You start jawing up with little guys too. You say, mm-hmm. look, you know what? Hey, I'm still the most elite tight end in the league, baby. I'm gonna let y'all know this. And so a guy like that, you start feeding him. I'm looking for a feed him, give mm-hmm. it to him because he wants the ball, right? And so I just it just fell short. Yeah. Just fell short this game. That's it, man. I'm just yeah. putting it in perspective. We just fell short. But we it's all good. We're nine to three. It's all good, man. It's all good. I feel like I feel like JD's giving us all like one big bear hug right now. Just like I am. Right, man. We got this. Stop crying, babies. We got this. All right. He's the glue guy. He's the glue guy. Keep us all together. Hey, they won. It's okay. Nine and three. Put it behind us. Let's move forward. We're going to be all right. We're going to be good. And I, I will say we have, we, have, we have a lot of Bengals people uh, in the chat. And I will say I, I'm glad it's been very civil. You know, you guys are taking you, – you're taking subtle subtle jabs at us, but you're not, you're not sticking the fork in us too, too badly. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you guys are keeping it civil in the chat. Um, I, I will say – to what you said about Kelsey, I did. I saw the whole flu thing. I, I read that that was kind of debunked by some people saying that it was BS. But I will say there might have been some. Kelsey was checking out a lot during that game, and I remember we got down the uh, the, the red zone was when um, McKinnon caught the touchdown. But I remember he was out on two of those plays on, on the uh, on that. I'm like, why is he check? Why is he coming out when we're on the, with a two yard line? Like he should be in during this. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, as you said, JD, he, he he ate after that fumble. He had like he was a, he was a man. Man possessed after that. Um, so yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I hope I, I do hope that uh, Mahomes' injury. Because this is one thing I read online too. Is like we went for the field goal. Maybe that wasn't our, our number one choice there because Mahomes was dinged up after he got that, that shoestring tackle. He was limping around. Maybe we would have gone for Mahomes wasn't wasn't limping around. I don't mean. I mean that was a pretty bad limp. He was laboring a, lot, a good amount on that. Uh, my boy called me. We was on the phone with each other when he called me. He's a Cincinnati Bengals fan, man. We played ball together, EKU, uh, running back, man. Uh, he was just like, man, uh, what, what are you going to do with your guy? He's over here and said, look, man, as long as that joker got his arm, I ain't worried about his legs. I'm, I'm all right with that. He can make every throw you want to. He said, what are you, you going to wheel him out like they did Eddie Murphy in uh, – uh, uh, trading places. I don't know if you have to for that. Said, we have to. If they had to pick him up like they did Brian Leftwich. Down the field, yeah. that's what they will do. As long as PM15 still got their cannon on him, mm-hmm. he's, uh, he's all good, baby. He's all good. So, hey, we, we saw the, the, the second coming of Patrick Mahomes, uh, Caleb Williams on Friday night, uh, play that whole second half with one leg. I mean, if, if he could do it, Pat could definitely do it. Absolutely, yeah. no <laughs> Duncans, man. I, I don't know who's this is, man. Hey, good seeing you in your little comments out here, and everybody else too. The Bingo fans, hey, look, great game. Hope we'll see. Hope we'll see you later. Okay, let me put it that way. Yeah, all right. Y'all got us for right now. I hope we get to see you again. <laughs> in Kansas City, hopefully. In Kansas City. I don't care where it is, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, I know these guys are really hungry now. I know these suckers are eight. Boy, I, I I just know how that locker room is feeling. Yeah. I know how they're feeling right now. Yeah. You have to you have to think that now that the the way that the AFC is shaping up is as respectable as the the Bills are and some of these other teams the Dolphins even though they took an L to the to San Francisco 49ers today you have to think that that the focus now is okay if the Chiefs and Bengals play again that is going to be the pinnacle game right there whether they face in the divisional round AFC championship that's the that to me is the ultimate matchup here because I know everybody wanted to push to the forefront Josh Allen Patrick Mahomes the Bills Chiefs I, I've always I said before the, the season I don't want to take too much credit here but I said before the season that the Bengals are the team Joe Burrow is the quarterback that I look if there was going to be a rivalry it was going to be those guys because of the fact they're the ones that continually beats the Chiefs or find a way to have a W at the end of the game the, the we know the Patrick Mahomes if, if the Chiefs and Bills play again in the playoffs I'm picking the Chiefs and I feel very confident about that because the Chiefs are two and zero against them in the playoffs. But we saw that the Bengals came in here to Kansas City, took care of business last year. That's something I am a little more hesitant with. And hopefully by that time, if it does happen, I feel the way J.D. does because my guy's calling the W now, and I love the fact that my guy J.D. is feeling that confident because I want to get there myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it's all perspective, man. And P. Crowley, man, 513, I see you out there in Cincinnati. I know, that, I know that area code real well. So it's just right up the street. So here's the thing. I live in Bingo Country. I'm right down the street. I'm an hour away from Cincinnati. 
<laughs> you know, so I'm gonna get it from everywhere. That's all right. Bring it on. <laughs> Bring it to me. I'm already with it. I'm fine with it, man. It's all love. It's all love. But uh, but yeah, man, no, nah, no doubt about it. Uh, you know, if it happens to be that way and it, it works out, I think if uh shoot, how it comes playoff time, um, uh, I think these guys are gonna be ready. You know, we're 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 one of those guys that we've been battle tested over this time. Guys can get past things. It's going to be all right. We're going to be good. Four AFC Championship games, two Super Bowls, uh, one win in Super Bowl BNP with Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid. Those guys, hey, I ride with them guys all day, period. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Well, that does it for us. Thanks for tuning in to our Chief Concerns postgame show. Uh, unfortunately, it was uh, a loss. I wish we could have met under better circumstances, but it's always great to uh, – uh, debrief and uh, you know make everyone feel a little better or with the Spangles fans in our chat make you feel better about your win and make us feel better about our loss but um yeah uh, so this week uh, JD and I will preview the uh, the Broncos game hopefully that's a nice bounce back spot for us um you know it's my uh, 29th birthday next weekend so you know hopefully we can get the win. Tom. yep hey 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 and hopefully we get the win for uh, for my birthday, you know, and we'll have a, we'll have a whole thing uh, this week to preview preview that game. Hopefully we get to see Brandon Williams in uh, his first action this coming week. Uh, Lance, uh, your show next Saturday. What, what do you what do you got for us uh, coming up this weekend? A lot of good things, a lot of honest things. Uh, first and foremost, I, I appreciate you guys having me on here each and every week. It's an absolute blast. You guys are you guys are my two best pals when it comes to being able to create Chiefs content. I love you guys to death on a personal level. You guys are awesome friends of mine, and I, I definitely – you guys make me feel better being able to talk about this stuff immediately after the game. I know some people want to just, like, disconnect and do – you know, just get away from everybody. I don't like to do that. I like to talk these things out immediately, and I'm, I'm glad we get this opportunity. And that's what we're going to do on Saturday as well. Uh, me, Trev, and Eddie, we're going to definitely hash this stuff out, get get over this Bengals L and talk about what the Chiefs are going to do to the Broncos. I actually feel really bad for the Broncos because once you think that they're going to be able to put together a, a good offensive performance to go out there and put nine points out there again, Russell Wilson has eight touchdowns in ten games. I feel really good about the Chiefs' opportunity in this one. We're definitely going to break that one down. And I think Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are going to go out there and do what they need to do in Denver. And I feel great about it. And, again, thank you guys so much for letting me come on here and vent, as I do each and every week. And I'd love to have you guys back on our show. I know we talk about it a lot, but you guys let me know when you have availabilities. And we'll make it work. Trust me, we'll make the time for you guys. But you can follow us at The Spoken Pod on Twitter, Facebook, uh, as well on YouTube. That is where we do all of our live streaming. And you can follow me at Twitter at Lance the Spoken. You see that right below my my face right there. These this uh this bushy face of mine. You can see that handle right there. Hit me up on there as well. We'd love to talk with you guys. It's all sports all the time at the Spoken Podcast. Yep. Well, appreciate you, my brother. Like always, man. You know, I, shoot, I love you to death. Tell the fellas I said what's up, man. Like I said, hoping to get up there soon to get on the podcast, man. Come talk and chop it up with you all. Like I said, it's always good to kind of talk it out. And you know, I love, man. Hey, let's put this thing behind us. Let's move forward, right? Like I said, hope we meet these guys down the field, man. But hey, look, hey, I enjoyed every bit of it. Marcus, you know I love you to death, brother. Of course. It's gonna man. be a great birthday week. Great birthday week, man. All right. So yes, sir. You're good yes, to sir. see you. Lance, uh, love you, man. Appreciate everything you do for us, man. Love Seriously. you more, bro. Love right. you, man. I appreciate you guys. Seriously. Thank you. Love you guys. And uh, again, uh, you can get uh, Lance. You can hear Lance uh, and the boys uh, every Saturday on the Spoken Podcast and anywhere you can get your podcast. And Chief Concerns, new episode coming on Thursday. And then, of course, our postgame show right after the game right here on YouTube. Every I think we only have Sundays left for the rest of the season. Yeah, after our games on Sundays for the rest of the season. So, um, yeah. So, we'll see you guys next week. And I hope everyone has, has a good week. Hi, everybody. Thanks for watching. Subscribe here to get the latest from the show. Also, be sure to check out the best clips from Chief Concerns. And if you prefer to listen to the show, subscribe and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you get podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.